what they like, that you're missing out. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, for those who like to go camping, they might say, well, if you don't like to go camping, now you're just really missing out on something good. Or maybe somebody who likes to play golf. You don't, you mean you don't play golf? Oh, you just don't know what you're missing out on. Oh man, that's wonderful. Or maybe if you like to go hunting or fishing and you talk to someone who doesn't do that at all, you just, you say, well, I just can't believe that you don't want to participate in that. You're missing out on something really good. And you could, you could expand all those kinds of examples. So somebody who doesn't like to ride motorcycles. Oh, you mean you don't like to ride motorcycles? You're just missing out on something really fun there. Well, that concept is also used by people to describe sinful activities. If they find out that you're a kind of person who doesn't do the immoral kind of things they do, they might come back with that same sort of expression, well, you're just really missing out. I think particularly young people are, are, are approached in this way. You're, you, for instance, are a young person and you don't uh, do some of the things that other young people do and, and those other young people will tell you well you're just missing out you mean you don't like to go to dances you don't dance oh man you're just really missing out on something or you don't drink or uh, experiment with drugs oh you're just really missing out on something uh, you mean you honestly mean to tell me that you don't engage in sexual immorality oh you just don't know what you're missing out on there uh, you, you get the idea People will say, if you don't do these things, you're really missing out. The, the idea that they're expressing there is that they just don't see that how a person could enjoy life without engaging in those kinds of sinful activities. But, of course, those who know God know and have personally experienced that the best life and, and, and really the most fulfilling and truly enjoyable life comes from a relationship with God. The fact of the matter is the people who are really missing out are those who remain in sin and who don't enjoy all the blessings that a life in Christ can bring to them. So today what we want to do is we want to ask the question, who's missing out? In reality, who is it that's really missing out on what's good and best? Is it the people who are trying to live for God or is it the people who are engaging in a sinful lifestyle? Who is it? That's really missing out. That's the question that we want to ask in our study this morning. I'm going to stop here just for a minute to express uh, an additional greeting to the one that Monty already extended. We're grateful for everybody who's present today. Very glad that you've come our way. We always look forward to our time stu uh, studying and worshiping together, and we appreciate your participation in that, especially for those who are visiting today. Thanks for coming. We are, are certainly uh, open to your questions. If we can explain what we're doing here at College View and why we do it this way, we'd be glad to do that. If we can help you in studying the Bible and learning it so that you might uh, make a decision about serving God in your own personal life, we'd be glad to do that. You just say what you need or how we can help, and we'll try to uh, fill that void as best as we can. Thank you for being here today. We appreciate every single one of you. We're going to ask the question, who is it that's really missing out in life? Is it the people who are trying to live a godly, moral life, or is it the people who are living a sinful life? So the text of our study tonight, we want to look at that passage that Junior read for us earlier from Ephesians chapter 2. 
Now, we understand that the context of this, Paul was contrasting the Gentile world, their status when they were not privileged to participate in things that the Jews were privileged to participate in. That's the context of Paul's discussion here. We're going to try to generalize the statement that he made and make it more general to apply to all who are outside of a right relationship with God. He said in Ephesians 2, verse 12, At that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Again, Paul was writing here about the contrast of some uh, and their life in a state before they became Christians. Uh, again, understand, in the context specifically, he was talking about the contrast between Gentiles and Jews. We understand that. We're going to generalize that and simply make a point. It's true for us today, too, that when we're not right with God, when we're not living moral, godly lives, then there are some things that are true of us. We're missing out on some very important things. For instance, those who are sinners are without Christ. A sinner, when he has not submitted to the will of God, when he's not obeyed the simple gospel plan of salvation, when he's not living the way a Christian should live, a sinner is without Christ. Did you notice there in the text, at that time ye were without Christ? Think about it. What is the case of a person who does not have Christ, a person who is without Christ? Well, consider some of the descriptives that are used concerning Jesus. For instance, Jesus, in Luke chapter 15, we won't take time to read all these passages, but in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, Jesus is described as a shepherd of the sheep. Now, we've all studied about shepherds and their important work in overseeing the sheep to guide them, to lead them, to protect them, to provide for them food and water and all the necessities. A shepherd is very vital to the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. But if you don't have Jesus, you're like a sheep without a shepherd. You're in a very tough situation. You don't have the protection, guidance, and help that Christ can afford. If you are without Christ, and a sinner is, a sinner is without Christ, you're like a sheep without a shepherd. Another descriptive that's given of Jesus is that he is the way. Remember in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but me, but by me. Jesus said he is the way. In other words, this is the path. This is the direction. This, this is a charted out path. Jesus is the way to the Father. But if you don't have Jesus, you, you're lost and without direction in your life. You are not on the way. You're not coming to the Father because you're not in Christ. In John chapter 6, verse 41, Jesus is described as the bread of life. Think about that. If you are without Christ, you're without spiritual sustenance. sustenance. You don't have the necessary food for your soul. You don't have the bread of life. If you are without Jesus, you are, oh, you are without the rest that he promises. Do you remember Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the source of rest. But if you're without Jesus, you have no rest. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, Jesus described himself as the vine, and we are the branches. 
I am the vine, ye are the branches. You remember his expression there in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 7? But if you, are, if you don't have Christ, you're like a branch, but no vine supporting it. That can't last, right? What do you, what do, you do if, if you separate the branch from the vine? The branch withers and dies, right? But without Christ, you're like a branch without a vine. And then finally, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus is described as our advocate. Probably the word that makes better sense to us there that we would relate to better would be a lawyer. Can you imagine going into a court, not for just some traffic ticket, but for some very serious charge, a, a capital offense? You're being tried, and if you're found guilty, the penalty is death. But you have no lawyer. You're going into such a trial without a lawyer. Without Jesus, you have no advocate. That's what it's saying there. And so just think about it. I mean, we could, there are more descriptions of Jesus and the work that he fulfills for us. But we're just saying that if you're a sinner, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've not come to, to, to a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are without all these advantages that are for those who are in Christ. If you've never become a Christian or if you're not living faithfully as a Christian, then you are without Christ and you're without all kinds of essential services that he provides for those who are in him. That's a bad place to be. Now, back to the question, who's missing out here? The people of the sinful world want to tell us that we're missing out because we're not engaged in all the immorality that they're engaged in. But as a fact, the fact of the matter is they are the ones who are missing out because they don't have all of these advantages that we share in Christ. You see it? The text goes on to say that sinners are without citizenship. Notice this expression from our text, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We remember, again, that here he is talking about the, the Jew-Gentile contrast specifically, and we're just sort of trying to generalize that to make application to all sinners. There's two words here that are significant. One of them is the word alien. He said being aliens from the commonwealth. When we... I think most typically when we hear the word alien, we think of space aliens, uh, men from Mars, you know, some space invader of some kind as an alien. That's not the usage here, obviously. This is more the kind of usage that we hear in the news when they talk about illegal aliens. What are they talking about when they talk about illegal aliens? They're talking about people who are, who are not citizens here. They have come here illegally. And they are, and therefore they are in some serious situation because they don't, they don't have the rights of citizenship. The word commonwealth here, so understand the word aliens. Those who are without Christ are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Commonwealth suggests the idea of citizenship and the right of citizenship. And that's basically what Paul was saying to the Gentiles before Christ, before you were in Christ, you did not enjoy the rights of citizenship. You were aliens, like illegal aliens is the idea he is conveying. You know, in our, in our day and time, there's a lot of controversy about this problem of aliens and their rights. Uh, it, it seems like it's gotten all messed up, and there are certain people who are saying that illegal aliens in our country deserve to be treated as though they were citizens. No, that's not, they're not citizens. They don't have the rights of citizens. They're aliens, right? 
Well, the same thing is true spiritually. If we are not in the kingdom of Christ, then we are aliens. We don't have the rights of citizenship. And that's a pretty serious situation to be in. Without Christ, uh, without being a faithful Christian, you don't have the rights that citizens in the spiritual kingdom of Christ have. We could take time to enumerate some of those rights. What are some of the rights that, that citizens in Christ's kingdom enjoy? Well, one thing, of course, is fellowship with God. That's the greatest of all, to have fellowship with God. The other, another thing is to have fellowship with God's people. If you're not in the kingdom, if you're not faithfully serving in the kingdom, then you don't have either fellowship with God or with his people. You don't have the rights of things like prayer, for instance. Uh, which is a great benefit to Christians, citizens in the kingdom. Faithful servants have the right to pray to God. Uh, we don't have that. I think most people in the world think they have that right, but they don't. You know, the, for someone who's not serving God, to think that they have the right of citizenship that they can pray is like an illegal alien in our country thinking he should be able to walk into a voting place and vote on election day. No, he doesn't have that right. He's not a citizen. You don't have the right to pray to God. If you're not a faithful citizen in his kingdom, you're without all those kinds of benefits. And so, who's missing out? Are we missing out because we're trying to serve God? No, actually, we're, we're in, in the advantageous position of having the rights of citizenship guaranteed to us. Another thing uh, that sinners are without is that they are without promise in our text uh, paul said that those before they were in christ were strangers from the covenants of promise now I, I, i'm sure that it's understood here that the covenants of promise that he's describing were those made to the jews under that old testament era we understand that again we're trying to generalize the concept that paul's teaching here and just think about the idea of promise in general um, if you're not serving the Lord faithfully, then you, you are a stranger from the promises of God. The word stranger here is used in the sense of foreigner. It, the word literally means to be known, and a stranger is one who is not known. And again, the idea that we would use more, more uh, commonly would be the idea of being a foreigner. If you're not in Christ, you're not faithfully serving in the Lord, then you're a foreigner, you're a stranger, and you don't have the promises of God. Most people of the world, unfortunately, think that they are the benefactors, or, or the beneficiaries, rather. They, they think they are the beneficiaries of the promises of God. Poll after poll has indicated, if you just went out in the general population and asked them, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Always, every, every survey I've ever seen referenced, better than 90% of people think, yeah, if I die, I'm going to heaven. Everybody thinks they're going to heaven. Everybody think, uh, They may not do anything religiously, but they think they have that promise of heaven when this life is over. The fact of the matter is that that's not true, right? Because those who are outside of Christ, who are not serving the Lord, those who remain in sin are without those kind of promises, including the promise of eternal life in matthew chapter 7 you remember jesus said 
Enter ye in, verse 13, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus said the majority is going to be lost, and only a few will be saved. If you're not serving him faithfully, you are in the majority who will be lost. You're not in that minority who will be saved. He goes on in the same chapter uh, to describe the judgment scene. Verse 21, Matthew 7, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. You're a stranger. That's what that word means. To be known, to not be known is a stranger. Jesus said, I never knew you. That will be the pronouncement upon many in that final day. Those who are in sin are without promises from God. Again, who's missing out? you see the point we're making here? We're not missing out. They're missing out. The, the people who continue in sin are the ones who are missing out. Another thing that sinners are without is that they are without hope. Notice he said just very plainly here that those who were outside of that relationship through Christ Jesus had no hope. Uh, think about that for a minute and understand, of course, what hope is. Hope is joyful expectation. Get that. Hope is joyful expectation. In other words, it's expecting something that you're really looking forward to. It's something good that you're looking forward to. It's joyful expectation. Now, sometimes we have expectation of things that we're not really looking forward to. Uh, for instance, I had a, a fellow out the other day to, to look at the roof of my house. I'm going to have to have a roof of my house. And he quoted me the price. And I'll tell you, although I expect that that's going to have to happen. I'm not looking forward to it joyfully. It's not a joyful expectation. Hope is a joyful expectation of something good that you want to transpire. But again, uh, if you are not serving the Lord faithfully, if you've never submitted to his will, you are without that hope. You have no joyful expectation of what will happen when you die. Uh, you have no joyful expectation of what awaits you in eternity. Look in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. In 1 Peter chapter 1 at verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a lively hope. God has granted that to us. We're not missing out on that. We have that. It's sinners who don't have that kind of hope. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You remember, we, we often reference this text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. We have that hope, that when the Lord returns, there's going to be a reward for the righteous. We have that hope. We're not missing out on that. Those who continue in sin are the ones who don't have that hope. So again, uh, you see clearly the contrast. Who's missing out? Those who continue in sin. They are without Christ and all the benefits that he supplies to us. You're out citizenship in the kingdom and all of its rights. You don't have any promise from God. 
you really have no hope at all, that being joyful expectation of what's out there in the future. And finally, let me suggest to you that if you are a sinner and continuing in sin, you are without God. Notice in our text, again, our text for all of this has been from the statement of Paul in Ephesians 2. He said, those who are sinners are without God in the world. The expression without God is from the Greek word atheos. Does that sound like an atheos? Atheist. You see the word atheist? Actually, this is the only place that this is found in the New Testament. It's kind of interesting. Today, the word atheist has come to mean someone who does not acknowledge or worship any god. That's what, what the word atheist means. But the word atheos, from which we get the word atheist, actually means, as it does here, abandoned by God. You are without God. Not that you are without a God. In other words, not that you don't acknowledge God, but that God has abandoned you. You are without God. You are atheos. You are without God. You've been abandoned by God. Those who continue in sin, God ultimately abandons. We recently studied in Romans chapter 1 concerning the pagan world of the first century that Paul was describing and remember what he said there in Romans chapter 1, verse 28? Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate, reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God gave them up and allowed them to go full, full tilt into their uh, perversions and their moral depravity. God abandoned them. They were without God. Many in the world today are without God. Those who continue in sin are without God. In Proverbs chapter 1, read with me a statement there uh, that we could certainly make application concerning Proverbs chapter 1, beginning verse 25. Proverbs 125, Ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. When uh, the, the statement there in the Proverbs suggests that in the end, uh, you, you have forsaken God, and God will abandon you. You will be without God, of course, which is a desperate situation to be in. And so think of all these things that the sinner is missing out on. I, I, I want to really try to emphasize the premise of our study this morning has been they tell us we're missing out because we don't dance and drink and do drugs. And we don't engage in all kinds of sexual immorality. and those kinds of, We don't do that because we're trying to live the way God teaches us to live in his word. They say, oh, you're missing out on all this fun and good time. They tell us we're missing out. No, they're wrong about that. Who's missing out? They're missing out. Because they miss out on all these things as they continue in sin. They miss out on Christ, citizenship in the kingdom, promised hope, and God. They are without all of these things. But notice the final expression in our text this morning. Now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Look at that. Again, the context, Paul was describing the Jew-Gentile contrast. And he's saying the Gentiles have been brought in and can, can benefit 
in the privileges of Christ. Well, of course, we're Gentile people too. And in the broadest sense, it applies to us in that way. But in a very real sense, in our personal lives, those of us who were in Christ, we were once far off, but now in Christ we're made nigh by the blood of Christ. That's a great benefit. What a blessing to be brought near, to be able to enjoy all these good things that God has made available to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And our question to you this morning as we bring the lesson to a close is to ask you, are you missing out on these things? Get the point. The ones who are really missing out are those who have either never obeyed the gospel of Christ to become Christian or those who are not faithfully serving. Maybe you became a Christian, but you've fallen away. In either one of those situations, you put yourself in a very precarious spiritual condition, and you need to remedy that immediately. What's your situation this morning? If you've never obeyed the gospel, we urge you to make that decision. Upon hearing the truth, believe it. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, be baptized for the remission of sins. If you're a Christian already but not serving faith, come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. How can we help? Let us know while we stand and sing this song. Thank you.